uh, may they be just weeks of great blessing, outpouring of your blessing on them and the congregation and pastoral staff there as well. I just pray these things. We ask these things. And in Jesus' name, uh, amen. Okay, well, um, Leone mentioned the fact that it is prayer Vember, and uh, we're concentrating on prayer. And as uh, we met uh, Mary and myself and Amanda on Monday, I think Amanda might have been part of this discussion, Mary said to me, uh, well, perhaps you should preach on prayer. So I said, that's not a bad idea, Mary. (laughs) Well done. So I thought I would um, just uh, do that this evening. And um, there's just so much that can be said on prayer. And in some cases, um, people are tempted to turn off a little bit um, because prayer is one of those uh, um, topics or subjects which um, when it's preached the wrong way, I I think can deliver guilt. And I I don't think the Lord ever meant it to do that. I believe that what he was wanting to encourage was intimacy and closeness with him. So let me begin, therefore, with a question. Um, If you were told that at the end of this service that you could spend 15 minutes one-to-one with Jesus. All right. One-to-one with Jesus, and you could make one request of him. What would it be? What would it be? Would it be um, an admirable cause like uh, global peace and the end of poverty? Would it be wealth or success? Would it be health for yourself or for someone else, someone that you love? Would it be for a, a closer, more intimate walk with the Lord Jesus? What would you ask? What would you ask? Well, there was one occasion when the disciples had that opportunity and they asked him the question, Lord Teach us to pray. I was in India on one occasion and out in a village and uh, we asked people to pray. And the children, look at the response of the children. No wonder the Lord said, uh, you know, you've got to be like a child uh, to come, to enter into the kingdom of God. Such faith, such devotion, such beauty in prayer. The disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. They could have asked for anything. Just think of that. They came to him with a request. They could have asked for anything, but they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. So why? Why did they ask him to teach them to pray? Now, I know they were looking at John uh, the Baptist and his disciples, and they saw that John was teaching his disciples to pray. So maybe they saw that as the motivation. Lord, you know, John is teaching his disciples to pray. Why don't you teach us to pray? I think there might have been something a little bit more to it than just that. I think um, it was because they saw the results of prayer in his life. They saw him pray and then what 
followed after prayer. And if you go through the Gospels, you'll begin to see that when Jesus was finished ministry, he often went off to be by himself and to pray and there to be uh, uh, rejuvenated in the Spirit, to be empowered and filled with the Spirit again, I guess you could say. It's interesting that the disciples watched Jesus preach the greatest sermons ever, and, and of course the Sermon of the Mount, the greatest, uh, greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest preacher that ever lived. So they saw him preaching, they watched him do miracles, uh, they saw him heal the sick, they saw him raise the, raise the dead, they, they saw him do all kinds of things, but never once did they say, Lord, teach us to preach. Not once did they ever say, Lord, teach us to do miracles. Not once did they ever say, Lord, teach us how to raise the dead. But what they did say was what? Lord, teach us to pray. And it was clear to them that prayer was really the life support system of their Lord and of their Master. And they recognized that prayer was the key to his life, that it was the key to this ever-growing relationship with his heavenly Father, key to knowing his Father's will and direction. You remember one occasion where Jesus is in Capernaum and, and the whole house is just filled and people from Capernaum, the, the, uh, that little town, uh, just are cramming in. And all night, all night he ministers to the sick and the demon-possessed and, and he heals them and sets them free. And, and the night just goes on and on and on. And the disciples are, are getting some rest. But Jesus goes out into the desert and there he prays. He's, he seeks his Father in the intimacy and the closeness and in the really, I guess, the solitude of that place out in the desert, that quiet place. And the disciples go looking for him and say to him, Lord, it's time to come back. Let's get some more miracles happening. Let's get some more people healed and, and people who are demon-possessed set free. And the Lord says, no, no, no. I, I need to move on. I need to keep going to other towns and places. So where did that come from? I believe it came from that intimate and that close relationship with his father. So he's in prayer with his father. And in prayer he begins to see and to understand even more that he needs to go to other places and preach the kingdom, that the kingdom is coming, that the kingdom is here. And so prayer was such a vital place uh, for Christ, the key for seeing the release of God's power to heal. And this is what they were, they were seeing coming out of the prayer life, I believe, of Christ. Power to heal, power to defeat Satan and his demons, and ultimately to save sinners such as you and I. Father, if it's possible, let this cup be removed from me. But nevertheless, not your will, but my, not my will, but yours be done. This is the prayer of, of Christ as he faces the cross. And, and it was, as he faced that cross, it was prayer. It was with his Father. 
And so they saw um, that prayer was crucial for Jesus. And if it was crucial for Jesus, then it was important for them. And so it must be for you and I. It must be for you and I. And I hope that, you, that if you don't already know that prayer is crucial in your relationship with Jesus and for knowing the release, truly, of God's power and God's blessing on your life and on the lives of those that you love, then I hope and pray that by the end of my message you'll see that there is nothing more vital to our Christian life than prayer. Nothing more vital to our Christian life than prayer. And I've said it just over the last several weeks. If the enemy can knock out of our hands the sword of the Spirit, that's the Word of God, stop us from reading the Word of God, and then knock the breath of prayer out of us, then he's had a great victory over us. And tonight, so I just want to talk a little bit uh, about prayer and give you some reasons why we pray coming out of what Jesus said and his own example. But there's just so much to talk about prayer that it's hard, you wouldn't get through it in um, half an hour. Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches, those who remain in me and I in them, talking about intimacy and closeness with him, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's very simple, church, isn't it? You know, without Jesus, what can we do? And that's Jesus telling us, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers such branches are gathered into a pile and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask, look at this church, you may ask for anything you want and it'll be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are uh, my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Okay. Great glory to to my Father. Now, this chapter falls between, um, obviously, some other chapters, um, really 13 and 16, and they're Christ's last words. They're his last words, and if they're his last words, they're the most important words probably he's ever going to speak. And so, in this last discussions with his disciples, just before he's being uh, about to be crucified, Jesus is telling them just repeatedly, I'm going to die, I'm going, I'm going to be resurrected, then I'm going back to heaven, but I'm, uh, I'm not going to be with you physically, but I will be with you in spirit. I'm going to put my Holy Spirit in you and he will be with you. Jesus said to his disciples, the Holy Spirit will be by our sides, and he will be within us as well. And so you can talk to me at any time. You can pray. Even though I'm not there physically, you can talk to me through prayer. You know, um, I, again, I think I've said this maybe at the evening service at some stage. No one ever teaches you to pray. I don't know uh, if somebody discipled you and got alongside of you and said, this is how you pray. Did that ever happen to anyone? 
it, 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 it's one of those things that doesn't happen. And I think I said also, I, I got a, a small book on prayer and they had prayers and I, I used to, every night, I used to kneel beside my bed and open this little red book and there were all these prayers and I would pray them because I didn't have the prayer vocabulary. I didn't understand that it was the Holy Spirit that was supposed to lead me and guide me in prayer. Um, and, and I didn't know how to, how to talk to God. Nobody had ever spoken to me and taught me how to speak to God. And so uh, the danger is that if nobody is teaching us, if nobody's showing us, then we don't pray. Uh, we find it uh, too much of a challenge, uh, too much um, of, of, I don't know, you know, who am I praying to? I can't see anyone or how do I pray? What words do I use? And all of these kinds of things. And so we can become quite discouraged. And so um, the Holy Spirit would be the one who would lead us in, in, into prayer. He's the spirit of prayer. We don't know how to pray, Paul says, but the Holy Spirit in, within us, he, he's got these groans and these, these moans and he prays in accordance with the will of God. Uh, but he also teaches us to pray. He impresses upon our hearts the thing we should pray about. And that's why Paul was to say, on all occasions, pray in the spirit. How do you pray in the Spirit? You, you wait for the Holy Spirit. You, 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 you don't have to rush in. You, you, you're just sitting with Him. And you're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you in prayer as He might impress upon your own spirit or your mind the things that the Lord wants you to pray about. And so it is. Um, Jesus gives us some reasons to pray. He says, you can talk to me anytime, 15 minutes, one-to-one after the service. <laughs> but what would you ask him? Okay. So, the first uh, thing about the reasons to pray is that prayer is a sign of my devotion and dependency upon God. First, prayer gives you and me an opportunity to express my devotion to God. And two, it gives you an opportunity to state your dependence upon Him. It's an act of humbling myself. Beautiful scripture. Thanks, Amanda. Have the same attitude that Christ had who humbled Himself. Prayer is all about humbling ourselves. In prayer, you're saying, God, I really need you. We sang that. I need you, oh, I need you. Every Right? We sang that. We sang that. And that needs to be... You like that? No, it's not bad, is it? Eh? Michael, eat your heart out. Eh? You like that? I thought so. Would you like me to keep going? All right, okay, all right. Geez, you're a bunch of encouragers, that's all I can say. <laughs> so it, it's just, God, I really need you. That's what you're saying in prayer. You think about it. Think about the things that you're praying for. You're really actually saying, God, I need you in this situation. Is that right? Absolutely. And perhaps one of the main reasons for us to neglect prayer 
are to do with our attitudes of dependence and self-sufficiency. Now, I don't think we, we, we step out to do that on purpose. I think it's just part of, of our fallenness and our brokenness. It's true that there may be more obvious reasons and one might be all to do with our busy lifestyle. How many conversations have you had this week and you've said, how you doing, Matt? And Matt goes, oh man, I'm really busy. Have you had a conversation like that during this week? I'm really busy. Right? And you go, what's your response? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <sighs> man, this life just keeps going on and on and it's as busy as. And so sometimes we can use our busyness as a, an excuse perhaps or a reason that we're not uh, praying more. Yes, we acknowledge, oh, Graham, yeah, amen, we're with you 100%. It's really important, it's crucial. Jesus did it, the disciples, yeah, our Lord teaches to pray, and prayer is all about intimacy and closeness. But, oh, where do I get time to pray? And so there's this sense of our busyness. But I think there are, uh, they're a bit of a smoke screen to what really lies behind uh, or at the heart of our lack of praying. And, and that is truly our prideful self-reliance. Self-reliance means that I think I can handle whatever is happening in my life without God's help until at the last moment, God, please help me. Amanda, you almost preached my sermon tonight. You did really well. You know, it come, uh, I, I can do it. You know, I'm, you know, I can handle this situation. Thank you all the same, God. Let me tell you a little story. Um, Amanda's is much better than this because she just said, look, you know, this is what's been happening with me during this week. God's had to show me some uh, and teach me some things. What a wonderful father he is. A young woman starts a job in a textile mill. Now, I was in the rag trade for many years. So I know what a textile mill looks like. And she took up her position and she noticed a sign. Uh, and the sign read this. When your thread becomes tangled, call the supervisor. Because they used to have shuttles that moved. I probably still do, I don't know, in this day and age. But they used to have shuttles, the warp and the web. Like this, right? So... Um, so with the thread got tangled, called the supervisor. Well, the inevitable happened. You know, she was new on the job and the thread became entangled and she thought, I'll just straighten this out myself. Okay, I'm going to straighten this out myself. So she tries, but the situation just gets worsened. Does that sound like a little bit like something that might happen in your life and in my life? I think it does. Finally, she calls her supervisor and, and told him, I did my best. I did my very best to sort this out and to straighten it all out. And he says, no, 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 you didn't do your best. Your best would have been to have called me. That would have been your best. So I think you can see the illustration there and understand that. That's exactly what we do. You and I, I believe, oh no, let me not lump you in the same boat as me, all right? Um, 
I'm just one of those self-sufficient kind of people. And God has to keep reminding me. And he does that by really hanging me out there. Where he's always bringing before me this sense, I can do it, Lord. I think I've got the energy. I think I've got the, the talent or the giftedness. It's all from him, of course, but nevertheless, you don't even acknowledge that. I think I can handle this, God. For goodness sake, I've walked on this planet for enough years. I think I've got experience. You know, I think I can handle this. But dependence, now we're, we, we, I was talking there about this, this prideful self-reliance. Dependence which is the opposite to self-sufficiency, says this. I have to be honest with myself and with God and admit that I can't handle it or straighten it out and that I need God's help with whatever I'm having trouble with. As long as you and I think that we're capable of straightening it out all by ourselves, let me say this, prayer will have no meaning to you. No meaning to you at all. That's a big statement, but it'll have no meaning to you. As long as I think to myself, oh, I can handle this. I can straighten it out myself, you know, and give myself all the reasons why I can do it. Uh, prayer will, it just won't be, uh, have no meaning at all because prayer has to do with intimacy and closeness and of sharing my life with Christ even though he knows it's end from the beginning but daily with him breathing in his presence sitting with him listening to him being with him allowing him to develop at his whatever way he wants and whatever timing he has the picture of my life, whatever that is. I can't get that. And I don't believe you and I or you, uh, you know, none of us can get that on the run. None of us can get that by neglect unless by the grace of God he intervenes, and he often does, but unless he intervenes and just makes it all clear for us. But oftentimes it's, it's, it comes to us as we pray with him as we spend time with him. So we've got to be honest with ourselves uh, that we can't handle it. We can't straighten it out, that I need God's help with whatever trouble uh, you know, I'm, I'm having. Prayer will have no meaning. It won't have any meaning because I'm really saying to God, um, uh, I'm self-sufficient, I can handle this. To depend on God, on the other hand, means that you rely on him, that you trust him. You put all your confidence in him. And John 15, 5 says, If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit, for apart from me he can do nothing. If anyone doesn't remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me, if you depend upon me, if you trust in me, if you have confidence in me, if you have faith in me, if you just allow me, right? If you depend on me and my words remaining, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. And the thing I find about myself in prayer is I'm so impatient. I want God to answer it right now. Right? I mean, I'm living in the microwave 
era. I, I just want to put it in and zap it and get the answer out. Isn't that right? You know, so, but God doesn't work that way. God is a slow cooker. <laughs> he just seems to, you know, just hang around and everything kind of just cooks away. And you don't want it just to cook away. You want it now. Serve it up now, Lord. That's when I want it. And so Jesus is, is giving this illustration. It's a beautiful illustration of a plant. And he says, I'm the vine. I, I, I'm like the vine. And you Christians, if he was, <laughs> if he was here, he'd be saying, you Christians, my, my children, you know, you're like branches. And you've heard all this before, but let me just, you know, bring it to you again. That's an un um, unbelievable promise in prayer, isn't it? That uh, if my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it'll be given to you. Oh my goodness. Uh, are you sure, Lord? Uh, maybe, maybe they got the translation of that wrong. Yeah, probably. What do you reckon? Ask whatever you will and it'll be given to you. But first of all, church, I want to say, for that to happen, what have you got to do? You've got to depend on Jesus. You've got to trust in Jesus. You've got to have all your confidence in him, all your faith in him. You can't, put, you can't ask the Lord to do something and then put your hand all over it. That makes sense? can't do that. Because once you start putting your hand all over it, all of a sudden, you're not depending upon him. You're saying, I can do it. I can straighten it out. That is why um, prayer is such a challenge. Because it's the humbling of ourselves. It's the giving it all over to him and knowing that he will answer it. Because you're depending upon him. I don't know when he's going to answer it, but he will answer our prayers. So he's just saying, look, you know, he, he gives us this illustration. Uh, it's like a branch and a vine. The branch is connected to the vine or to the stem. And if you cut the branch off, it loses its strength. It loses its power, its life and its vitality. Okay, uh, beautiful flowers. Thank you for those who arranged these. Um, but have a look at this. I, kn I know that regardless... You know, if you've got one of these in the garden, sooner or later, they're going to fall off. But if you actually cut the branch off sooner, they start, all of a sudden they're starting to die because the life and the vitality that's in the, uh, the, the tree itself or the plant itself is cut off. And so Jesus is giving us this illustration um, if you cut it off, it loses its strength, all of its power, its life, and its vitality. Do you understand? Do I understand why it is that Satan wants to knock prayer out of us and not getting us to pray? And if you cut a Christian off from the ever-growing, deepening love relationship with Jesus, the Christian withers. There's no question about that. I, uh, my own experience for my own self I've seen that happen. And surely for you as well. So Christ's whole life, what he said and what he did, showed a total dependency upon his Father. 
So, he says, Jesus, just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Christ's whole life, what he said and what he did showed a total dependency upon his Father. And he's Jesus saying, likewise, this is the same for you as well. And when you read about some of the great men and women of God, you can't help but notice just how important their prayer life was for them. They were totally dependent upon God. And Martin Luther says, I have so much to do today that I must set apart more time than usual to pray. Oh yeah, we do that all the time, don't we? I mean, I am so busy today, I haven't got time to pray. Luther found something here, didn't he? You know, when God begins to move, everything that has been hard yakka up to that point just drops in line, just like that. And God can do, truly, in a matter of hours, um, things that we've we've you know been praying for for years and thinking that God can't possibly do it because time is running out and yet I've seen God do it over and over and over again and not just just to answer one prayer but to bring into uh, line or to line up so many other things and they all fall into place just beautifully at the right time. So, okay, that we might just be those who do that. Ah, uh, look, um, I'm seeing that time is getting away, but let me just uh, recap a little bit on that. Prayer is an act of us depending on God, but prayer also is an act of cooperation with God, Okay, so prayer is an act that shows my dependence upon God and it's an act of cooperation with God. Now, this is probably one of the most exciting things about prayer. It's you and I get to work with God in bringing about His will and His purpose for our lives and in uh, you know, His will in the world. Prayer is, is, is God saying, right, that in some matters... He, that he has chosen, um, he has chosen to limit himself to what I accomplish on earth simply by limiting myself to the faith of my children on this earth. That's God saying that, okay? I'm going to limit myself by what I, or what I accomplish on the earth by limiting myself to the faith of my children on earth. What they believe me for, I will do. Remember last week I spoke about faith and I said, Jesus said, according to your faith, according to your faith, let it be, according to your faith, the measure of our faith. So my attitude in prayer needs to be one of cooperating with God's will. 
um, with what God wants to accomplish in every circumstance, in every situation in my life. I've got to learn that. I've got to learn that. And I'm continuing to learn it. One of the most amazing verses in the Bible is uh, John 14 and 12 and, th- uh, 12 and 13. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Just before that, in verse 11, Jesus says, Believe me when I say I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe the evidence of the miracles themselves. And here is in verse 12, Jesus saying, um, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Yes, he says, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. So how is it possible to do the things that Jesus did and even greater things? Now some will say, oh, because there's so many of us so we can, you know, we can get so much more done. I don't know if that's the right answer, to be quite honest. Um, I think Jesus just laid it out also beautifully for us in uh, chapters 14 as well, where, where he, of John, where he talks about the Holy Spirit. And that is how we're able to do the works of Christ. We're able to do them through the Holy Spirit's power. The Holy Spirit's power is released as we pray. And because prayer is limitless in its power and effectiveness. And James says this, the prayer of a righteous person is both powerful, full of power and effective. Produces results, in other words, it's effective. Circumstances, therefore, may uh, look as if they're going to overwhelm us and non-Christian friends or family may have no faith to believe that God will help them, but when you pray, God's power is released for both them and for you. In fact, uh, S.D. Gordon, the great biblical preacher and teacher, wrote this. He said that the place of prayer is the place of power. When you and I begin to Uh, consciously, intentionally put ourselves into the presence of God and begin to pray. S.D. Gordon, I think that this is right on the money, is the place of power. It's the place of power. When we pray, we're praying to God who has the power to answer us and to whom nothing is impossible. In prayer, God's grace and power is released to where our prayers are focused. The power of God released in prayer goes beyond borders. It defeats any opposition. Doors open uh, that were once sealed tight. It brings prayer and the power of God brings comfort and peace and hope to those men and women and young people who are in hopeless and helpless situations. And through prayer, the power of God invades hospital wards to bring healing to, uh, from disease and, and sickness. It's a big list when you begin to think about 
when we pray and how the power of God is released and the grace of God is released. Jeremiah wrote these words. He said, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth. Now we get a big picture of who God is, the creator of, of all things. You made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and your powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too difficult, too difficult for God. So prayer is an act of dedication or dependency and our part in cooperating with God's plan in the world. So the most important thing you can do, I believe, as a Christian, is to pray. pray prayer is a place of intimacy and closeness and being with the Lord Jesus. Don't, Lord Jesus Christ, don't rush it. Don't rush it. And if, if you're having trouble with words, just sit with him. Hey, that's cool. He, he just wants us to be with him. And then the Holy Spirit will just drops something in there and you just pray it back. If you really want to um, some kind of help, go to the Psalms. And just you can pick uh, a, a Psalm and take any Psalm. And, um, and just look at this one here. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you establish your faithfulness in heaven itself. And you pray that back. You just want to say, Lord, your love is great. Your love will last forever. Lord, you are faithful. Lord, and I'm going to make your faithfulness known to people that I meet today. Listen, this is not hard, is it? You know, this is taking the word of God and taking it back to him. I will declare, Lord, where, wherever I go today, you give me some opportunities where I can tell people, I will declare your love stands firm forever. I'm going to tell people today, Lord Jesus, that you are faithful to me, that you are firm in your love for me and for them as well, that you establish your faithfulness in heaven itself. I'm going to tell people today, Lord, with your grace and with your help, that you are faithful. You are loyal. You are absolutely 100% dependable. There you go. Just take something like that and just pray it back to him. Give it back to him. And you'll find that all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will give you this prayer language. Father God, um, it's your Holy Spirit who enables us to pray. And Lord, it's something that he teaches us, I know. We're all learners, Lord. None of us have got it. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come you who are the spirit of prayer, would you just fall on people here tonight? And that you would just release prayer, adoration, praise, thanksgiving. That, Lord, you would begin through your spirit to teach us to pray. We, like your disciples, Lord Jesus, would come to you tonight. And if you were to say to us, ask me one thing, 
And Lord, I pray that all of us here tonight might just say, Lord, teach us to pray. We ask this in your wonderful name. Amen. God bless you, church. See you Monday night. Prayer, 7.30.